You're listening to Ease and Grow, a podcast about life lessons, wellness, and growing into your authentic self. I'm your host, Sika, a millennial writer, thinker, feeler, and heart-centered creative human. I'm obsessed with personal growth and soaking up as much joy as we can on this crazy ride of life. If you've ever found yourself thinking, there's got to be more than this, then this is for you. Let's get to it. Hey, hello, what's up? Welcome back to Ease and Grow. How are you guys doing? I'm sitting by my window today to record. Sort of getting a little bit of a sunbathe, but not really because the sun is already leaning the other way from where I'm sitting and my bed's in the way, so I can't fully sunbathe, but it's just nice to look out the window and not look at a wall for once. So we're switching things up around here. I actually talked about this in my Romanticize Your Life workshop that I did with two friends last week as part of my made to do this class and just tested out like, would I like doing workshops? Is this something people value? Is this a waste of time? Do I hate it? And it was fun. Uh, I have a Medium blog post called How to Romanticize Your Life in a Pandemic. And it gets like 200 to 300 views a week. So I'm like, how can I capitalize on this? Like, what do I need to sell through this article? Do I need to put it behind a paywall? Like, what do I need to do? So I was like, oh, maybe I can do a workshop. I love interacting with people. So yeah, I did that with two friends, just a beta round, just testing it out. And it was fun. And basically why I thought of it was... I was saying that curating your environment is one big tip I have for romanticizing your life, and that's what I'm doing now. I shifted things around. We're facing the window. Got my flowers next to me. I lit a candle. I've got tea and water. Um, Yeah, so that's my tip for you to romanticize your everyday um, find environmental things that bring you joy, make sure you're in a space that feels good, I'm sitting on some pillows, wear comfy clothes, you know, you guys know this stuff, but if you don't, if you need the reminder, here's your reminder to do it. Sometimes we get lazy and we just fall into the habit of doing things the way we always do it, so maybe this is the reminder you need to customize your space to your liking, yeah. Today I've got a chatty episode for you guys. I'm just going to give you a Q1 recap. Uh, So Q1, aka January to March of 2021. Happy almost April? How do we feel about this? (laughs) I can't believe that time has flown by this much. And I also can't believe I still don't have a vaccine. Hopefully that won't be the case for much longer, but... I'm ready to get out in these streets and be free. Like, where's my vaccine at? Anyway, (laughs) that's what I've got coming up for you all later in the episode. But I just want to do a little catch up. It's been some time since our last episode. We've got some nice spring weather over here. I went for a walk today. I still want it to be a little warmer. I wouldn't say I'm a summer person, but I don't like the cold. And it's a tease when you're like, ooh, it looks so bright and nice and it's giving me spring vibes. I got flowers on the trees outside my window. But then you go out and you still need a jacket. It's still windy and it's just like, whatever. Maybe you guys are dealing with that where you are. (laughs) Maybe you're not. Maybe you have great, beautiful weather. Uh, I'm wishing you sunny days and warm weather if that's what you like. If you happen to be one of those people who like the cold, I'm wishing you cold and all the wonders of the cold that that brings you. I don't know what you would like about it, but maybe you like it. Um, Some fun catch-ups. I recently watched Ginny and Georgia on Netflix. I don't know if you guys caught that. I posted on my stories a little bit. 
My cousin Sylvia actually is the one who recommended it to me. She was obsessed with the show. She was like, please live text me while you're watching it. I want to know what part you're in. Like, I love that show so much. And wow, I was not prepared for that show. This actually is a consistent theme with Netflix. I'll watch the Netflix like trailer for a show and I'll be like, eh, that looks boring. I don't really want to watch that. And then I'll watch it and I'll love it. And I'm like, why are the trailers so bad for these shows? Let me know if this is just me that this is happening to. But I, that's kind of how I felt. I watched a trailer for it. It wasn't even a trailer. They just showed a clip of the series. And I was like, uh, no, I don't know. It doesn't really appeal to me. Then my cousin just like, you have to watch it so good. So I gave it a chance and it was really good. It was intense. I will let you guys know that there's some serious trauma mentioned in the episode. There's some self-harm, the episode, the whole season. Um, and I wasn't prepared for that. The tone is very light. It's a light-hearted tone and like shooting style that they took but then they'll just randomly throw in a really traumatic flashback and you're like oh okay i i did not know that that was what this show was gonna be about but i will say it's a very interesting take on being biracial having a single mother it's a very interesting character study. I would say, I actually was describing it to a friend recently. And when I described it, I was like, ah, it sounds a, a lot like Little Fires Everywhere, but the characters are super different. So like, single mom, um, two kids from two different parents. One kid is biracial, black and white. The other kid is just white. And then the girl is 15 years old and she's going to different high schools and she just wants them to stop moving and just like settle down. And the other kid is uh, maybe around six. He's in elementary school and he has his own issues. It's just really interesting. So I would recommend it if you're interested in anything teeny bopper. I just like teeny bopper things. I like being in high school settings and seeing how it plays out. The friend group that Ginny ends up being a part of, Ginny is the 15-year-old, really annoys me. Like, they, I don't know why they're so terrible, but maybe they're supposed to just be really annoying, like, high schoolers, but they just really bothered me. So that was my take on it, but I think it's a really interesting point of view to just see that and all the different romances that come out of it, all the drama, all of the conflict... So yeah, check it out if you haven't. Another show that was recommended to me fervently, fervent, fervently, is that the right word? Ferv. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, greatly recommended to me. I'm gonna have to look up that word. <laughs> was behind her eyes on Netflix, y'all. My friends were like, you can watch it. It's not that scary. I'm like, it looks kind of scary. I don't know. Like, I I don't own the, the phrase, the label of empath, but I think I'm basically an empath. Like, I'm extremely sensitive. I pick up energies. I don't like loud noises. Like, I just want it to be quiet and peaceful. So watching anything that's even nearly remotely scary, like psychological thriller e is a very very touchy <laughs> like I don't have that thick skin where I just can forget about something after I watch it like I have a ruminating mind I overthink I latch on to ideas anyway so the show behind her eyes it's British uh it's about this woman who meets a guy in a bar randomly and they end up flirting all night and then they share a kiss and then the next day she goes to work and she finds out that that guy is her new boss and he's married and like it's just a huge plot twist. This happens within the first like 15 minutes so it's not a spoiler. Everything else that happens afterwards is what is crazy and all my friends are like oh my god the ending is so crazy you have to watch it it's so good and I can't even get through the first three episodes so basically it's about um basically they're having 
sleep issues throughout the show. So the one main character is having night terrors. There's all these nightmares happening. And that's also not a spoiler, but it's just like overwhelming for me. I watched it home alone at night and I could not sleep. I even watched Love Island right afterwards because I was like, I know I need a palate cleanser. I can't sleep on this. And that didn't help at all. I barely slept that night. Like, I just kept getting up. My brain just wanted to work through, like, what the secret could be, what the solution to the thriller could be, like, what's really going on. Because you're just watching the show and you're like, what is happening? Like, what is going on? Like, I don't know. And it's really interesting. If I could watch it with another person, I think maybe I'd be less scared and less um, terrorized by it. But... Yeah, watching it alone at night in an empty house, it's not the move. So if you want to watch Behind Her Eyes and get your psychological thriller fix, I recommend watching that during the day. Go ahead. I've warned you. If you're sensitive to scary things, you've been warned. I mean, I don't like scary things, but I'll watch Riverdale and I won't feel like attacked by it. Like, Riverdale, like, my mom will walk by and see me watching Riverdale. She'll be like, I didn't know you watch these kinds of things. I'm like, it's because it's in high school. Like, it's not, like, intense. It's just, like, sometimes there's a serial killer. Riverdale is a whole other topic, so it's fine. I'm not going to get into that. Okay, last catch-up before we get into Q1. Justin Bieber's new album, Justice... I don't know if this is going to be controversial because I just told my friend that I love the album. And he was like, really? I was just complaining about it to my friend. I'm like, oh, I thought everyone loved it. (laughs) I love the album. My favorite songs are Hold On and Somebody. But I also really like, I'm going to open Spotify. I put like half the album on my 2020 playlist, which I still listen to all the time. I really like Loved By You. I really like Deserve You, Love You Different, and then there's also, there was a triple Chucks Deluxe that came out, and I like There She Go and Wish She Would, and that features Quavo, and There She Go features Lil Uzi Vert, like, I feel like that album's really good, and I am a big fan, so if you haven't listened to it, just put on Hold On, and get your dancing moves out because whenever that song comes on I'm just like bopping around like having the best time I feel like we need those mood boosters new music is such a great mood booster and we deserve it like just if you haven't listened to it and you have liked Justin Bieber songs in the past if you don't like any Justin Bieber songs don't even bother but I think you'll enjoy it so yeah those are my catch-ups Over the past two weeks, has it been two weeks since I've talked to you guys? I can't believe it. Um, Yeah, uh, we're just going to take a break and then get into Q1 wins and losses. I hope you're loving this episode. I just quickly wanted to interrupt to let you know that if you're thinking of starting a podcast, then I have a great recommendation for you. Ease and Grow is hosted on Buzzsprout, and it has saved my life. (laughs) Not to overstate, but when I was starting the podcast, I was very overwhelmed by all the different options out there. There There's so many different hosts. There are so many different editing platforms. There's a lot that goes into it. And it's so nice to have the reassurance of a really easy to understand interface like Buzzsprout that sends your podcast to all the right platforms every week. And it really takes care of you. They're great with customer service. I've emailed them and they've helped me immensely so I just wanted to let you know that if you sign up for a paid plan with Buzzsprout and you use the link in the show notes it lets them know that Ease and Grow sent you and you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan so I think that's a really great incentive and it's just a really great interface when you're trying to learn a whole new technology system like podcasting it was daunting for me and they made it nice and easy so Yep, that's there for you. Go in the show notes or head to the episode webpage. And let's get back to this episode. Okay, welcome back. It's nice to take little breaks when you're recording solo. Not necessary for you guys to know, but just a little inside look. 
when you record a solo episode, it's like, I'm just going to talk to myself for 30 minutes to an hour. But anyway, Q1, I cannot believe it's Q2 already. Q1, I wanted to focus on career, finances, fun, and love with a sort of in parentheses. I was sort of focusing on love. I wasn't making that a real focus, but it was something that I wanted to at least look at, maybe do some like inner work around. Uh, yeah, I wasn't like, I need to go on a date a week and talk to three new people every week. Like, it was just like, uh, we can do some cultivating in that area. So I would say my successes for Q1 were, it's actually good I did this activity because I, <laughs> I struggled in Q1. You know when you're like fresh-eyed, doe-eyed, I think is the phrase, and it's the beginning of the year and you're like, There's so much amazing stuff I can do in the next 12 months. I've got my plan. I've got my tasks. I know what to do each month. And then God is like looking down from heaven like, (laughs) you're cute. That's funny. You thought you're going to do that? Nope. That's not happening in that month. Don't worry. No, no, that's definitely not the plan. But you know, it's cute that you thought you had plans and you thought you could do all those things. So basically, (laughs) I lost at least two weeks of Q1 to just like being an emotional wreck. I think we already talked about my shame spiraling. I can't even remember what month that was. I feel like that was maybe like early February, late January, but like that wasn't it. There was more to come. There were more (laughs) obstacles to face. So I'm glad I did this because I actually looked back and was like, oh wait, actually I did have some wins. So I had a goal to do a fun activity every other weekend. I like to have some weekends where I literally would just go get my favorite food, my favorite coffee and like hang out on the couch like those are days that are important to my soul but then I also count it as a fun activity if I go out and do something new ideally with a friend so I me and John did this together to like plan out the quarter and I told him I was committing to every other week every other week if I do something fun then I'll be satisfied. And I pretty much kept that, honestly. Like, every other week, I at least saw a friend. I at least went out and did something new that I don't always do. So I was proud of myself for that. Um, I didn't even put this in as a goal. But in terms of relationships, I did pretty well with connecting to friends I connected with my sister. We had a sister date, which we haven't had in many, many months. We used to do those once a month a while ago, and we hadn't done one in a a while. She has two babies, so she's distracted with other things. But that was a big win. Just doing that with her was really helpful. I met up with friends safely, distanced. I had video dates with friends who aren't in town. I cooked with some friends over WhatsApp and we all made the same dish. That was actually so cute. I'm really glad that we did that and I really want us to do that again because that just warmed my soul. Like I put on some jazz music, I poured myself some wine, then we cooked and then we ate together and we just chatted and it was like, this feels like like normal times, even though we're not in person. It was just like, it was so nice. I really enjoyed that. Um, So I was happy about that. And then for career, I've been working on long-term career goals. I have been applying to jobs and interviewing for like a right now solution to having an income. But in terms of like my actual long-term career goals, I've been in the Made to Do This course which has been super helpful, connecting with other like-minded peers, working out like brand story, figuring out 
what value we I personally and everyone else in the course could bring to others that we would enjoy doing and that's the the ultimate goal like that's the ideal outcome to find something that I like doing that brings others value and then could provide income for me long term so that has been amazing I the romanticize your life workshop that I did was part of that and I gave myself a beta kind of mindset coaching session which was fun I've toyed with the idea of being a life coach for a while so I really enjoyed just being able to experience like would I actually like doing this day to day for like my job. So I've been really working in that exploratory phase of figuring out that dream career for myself. And I'm proud of myself, actually, like, even though I had to miss, maybe, I think I only had to miss one lesson live, honestly, since it started, which is not bad at all. And that was the day when things did not go to plan. And I was just like going through it for a couple of days after that. But other than that, I've been decent. In addition to that, uh, in the love category, I have felt really content with being single, honestly. I haven't been feeling any singleness anxiety. I see people talking about it everywhere of like, honor this season of being single like it's okay if you feel like really anxious around wanting to find your person but like ground into where you are and like your current stage of life and I I accept and I receive all those messages I also am not thinking about being single at all like I'm so for like people asking like oh yeah how's it going on the apps like how have you been have you been dating at all? I'm like, I have been so distracted by life. Like, no, I've not been thinking about it at all. But I will say in Q1, I remade my Tinder profile. Like I deleted it completely and remade a whole new one with like current photos, new answers or a new bio. They don't even do questions on Tinder, but I did that. And I feel bad. Actually, I was talking to a friend. I think I should have deactivated it because I don't look on it at all like I'm not in the headspace to even be swiping or anything right now so I probably should like pause it at least but I redid it because the last time I did it I was like 23 so (laughs) I'm 28 that's like I'm a completely different person so I thought that was important to do and I did the same thing with another um dating app but I did that at the end of last year so it doesn't count for q1 but yeah I feel good in that area and I feel like everything's working as it's supposed to and everything will happen in the timeline it's supposed to so I'm kind of releasing I'm surrendering that to the universe at the moment but that was my positive my wins of Q1 those were uh fun friendships career and love I had a focus for finances, which got put on the back burner. I honestly am in shock that it's the end of Q1 and I didn't get my finances together. But, you know, I'm going to do it in Q2. It's fine. There's still more time. I'm still here and still breathing. I got that extra stimulus check. So, you know, we're, we're getting through it. Um, so I don't want to call it losses. I know I called it losses at the beginning, but... Q1 challenge areas. I had some challenges in Q1 that I did not plan for or anticipate. Um, So big things. We had some major mechanical breakdowns in our household. The first and biggest and most traumatic one (laughs) was my car, my baby car, baby blue, 2002 Honda Accord that has got me through all my days since senior year of high school, died and has deceased. It's no longer (laughs) in function. It doesn't get me around town anymore. It's not even at the house. I don't even know where it is right now. So she died and... I now go into the garage and just see an empty space where she used to be. And that was a traumatic experience for me because I don't know if you guys know of Lacey Phillips' To Be Magnetic work, but within her work, you find out your authentic code. And it's kind of like four 
core essence feelings of like who you are and like what lights you up and like kind of similar to desire map core desired feelings um but mine one of my big ones is freedom freedom slash expansion is how i categorize that bucket of life that is so important to me and not having a car oh my god just feeling like i i'm a prisoner feeling like i'm trapped is the worst ever feeling for me personally so yeah i've been dealing with that not having a car and then last week as i was doing laundry the washer machine broke literally mid mid cycle like mid doing laundry it was just like making the craziest sounds I opened it up and I looked at some clothes I was like I don't even think these are clean like so that's that's done and we need a new washer now so I we just we're having some mercury retrograde over here and I don't even think mercury's in retrograde right now so I don't know guys is this happening to you <laughs> when I told a friend, I told Rachel and she was like, I think all of our appliances are breaking because we've been overusing them in quarantine and they're like protesting against us. I think she said someone's dishwasher broke, which I wouldn't mind if our dishwasher broke. I mean, I think our dishwasher is broken. We just wash things by hand. I don't know if that's a Nigerian slash immigrant thing. We just always wash things by hand. Like we never were dishwasher people. So, but yeah, so that's one that that was one struggle area. I, I'm not kidding you when my car died, like the day when I w was driving around to just run an errand and then the check engine light came on and then it started shaking on the highway. And I was like, God, oh, God, just get me to Jiffy Lube so that I don't get stuck on the side of this highway. I I broke down, guys. I also started my period that day, but I broke down crying that day. I needed an emergency therapy call. I, like, texted my therapy office, like, I need to talk to you. And then that led into a relationship breakdown um, with me and my mom. And we have been doing so well. We had been doing Sunday brunches since last summer, We'd been making sure that we're checking in with each other and we know things about each other's lives, what matters to each of us. I felt so good. I was like inspiring people, telling them, yeah, we do these Sunday brunches. We're working on a relationship. And then it was like we just went back to square one because of just how we both dealt with stress differently, I guess. I was overwhelmed and feeling very emotional when I was stressed out about the car and in response I think she felt attacked and she got defensive and then we just got in a fight and it was it was not good it was bad for a while and we're not even really out of it yet so I mean we're we're basically out of it but we're not back to where we were so we're still rebuilding that and that's that's a tough pill to swallow when you feel like you've been making progress in one area for so long and then you just get a big hit backwards and I guess that is how life is you take two steps forward one step back it's a dance but it just felt very discouraging and yeah that's that's something that a lot of us will struggle with in our relationships it's not always going to be an upward climb. Sometimes you're going to run into obstacles, you're going to get into conflicts, and you're going to have to find healthy conflict resolution skills. That's what they always say about, like, dating. They're like, if you know how to handle conflict healthily, then you can stay together as long as possible, as long as you both are into it. Just getting through conflicts is going to be the biggest challenge, and once you got that down then you're set for a healthy relationship. So we all need to learn healthy conflict resolution. And what else was I struggling with? Life burnout. I was just listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast, Anything Goes, the life burnout episode. It's so funny to me that she's 19 and I'm always like watching her for like, <laughs> like advice or something. I don't know. I think I'm just curious. It's not even really advice. I'm just like, what is this 19 year old thinking? Like, what's she doing with her, her life? Um, but yeah, she was just talking about it. Life burnout, being 
low energy all the time, being fatigued, not being interested in things, just feeling very blah. Um, I don't know if I would say I don't have energy in things. I've more so felt like frustrated and just like nothing I do is working. I put a lot of pressure on myself and that leads to frustration. So kind of today, I feel like I'm at the place where I'm kind of just like, all right, I'm not going to put any pressure on myself anymore. I'm just going to go with the flow. I'm going to try and feel good. I'm going to try and enjoy my days while also getting things done. Like, I'm just not going to put all this unnecessary pressure on myself. And that feels good right now. So I'm going to do that for as long as it feels good. But I did want to read a quote that I read during the Romanticize Your Life workshop that I gave. Uh, I found it. There was an Atlantic article called Late Stage Pandemic is Messing with Your Brain. And they quoted a neuroscientist from UC Irvine. His name is Mike Yasa. And this was the quote. We're all walking around with some mild cognitive impairment. Based on everything we know about the brain, two of the things that are really good for it are physical activity and novelty. A thing that's very bad for it is chronic and perpetual stress. Living through a pandemic, even for those of us who are doing so in relative comfort, is exposing people to micro doses of unpredictable stress all the time. So that's all of us. That's me and you. Even if we haven't experienced anything hugely traumatizing, like a near family death or someone getting the coronavirus or losing your job, or I can't even imagine that there's anyone who hasn't been closely affected with at least one of those aspects, but even if you haven't and you're lucky, you still are being exposed to micro doses of unpredictable stress constantly. Kind of just being hyper vigilant, just like you don't know, like, is that person that I just walked by infected? Is he going to pass it on to me? Like, can I leave my house today? Will that risk someone I love who is high risk and I'm in constant contact with. Like there are just multiple mind gymnastics that you have to play. And that I think is what the article is referring to as the micro doses of unpredictable stress. And it's causing us to have life burnout. It does say that physical activity and novelty are two things that are good for the brain. So that was what I called out during the workshop that novelty, experiencing new things, trying new foods, driving to new neighborhoods, trying new cafes and coffee shops. That's my brand of novelty. Um, Anything, new documentaries, a new style of show that you don't normally watch, new recipes. I think I already said that, but novelty is very helpful. And I find that if you don't think of it It's very easy to just say, oh, I already know I like this, so I'm just going to keep getting it. I took a chance at Starbucks trying their honey oat milk latte the other day, and I hated it. But I was proud of myself for (laughs) doing something new, just trying something new. I know that I like their soy white mocha, and I can always, I can just get a soy white mocha every time I go, but I want to try something new. My mom was like, why would you get something new? That's not the time. I'm like, I just wanted to try something different. It's okay that I didn't like it. It's fine. If you want to incorporate more novelty in your life, you're going to have to give yourself permission to not like it every time that you try something new. But that is why we're alive. Like, we're not alive to live the same day 20 times in a row. Like, we're not supposed to have Groundhog's Day every day. So... Yeah, that's a little note there for novelty. And they also said physical activity, of course. So get out, do your walks, do your exercise. I like doing yoga in the morning to start my day. So yeah, those are some tips. And that was my Q1 challenge growth areas. Oh, wow, guys. I just realized I could have called these... Q1 eases and Q1 growth areas. <laughs> and I did not do that. Oh, well, <laughs> that's that's fine. Next time, I'll do it for Q2.
But what I wanted to share with you all is basically just an uplifting chat around what to do when things don't go according to your plan. I'm just now realizing how crazy it is to be such a control freak and to be so rigid in my plans that if anything doesn't go exactly how I envisioned or exactly how I planned, then it really ruins my day. Like, it stresses me out, like, on a deep internal level. Actually, I was just reading that as a side effect of burnout, that we you're easily triggered by small things. So maybe this has to do with life burnout, pandemic fatigue, etc. But going forward... I just want to make sure that I'm aware of this. I need to notice when I'm being rigid in my daily routine. Like, I want to get up in silence. And when that's interrupted, I get very annoyed. Like, very... Like, I have no grace around that. Like, if I wake up to loud noises, I am a nightmare to deal with. I know this about myself. I need to keep an eye out for when... My weekly routine doesn't go exactly as planned. Maybe I have to miss a lesson, which I really prefer to catch live for me to do this. It's not the end of the world if it happens. And I need to catch myself when I'm rigid about my ideal visions for how my week will go, for how a process will go. Like, I just think I'm noticing, looking back on Q1... That being rigid sucks the joy out of life. So for you all, I have some tips around how to cultivate flexibility for more joy and less stress in your life. So we're going to get into it. Firstly, I think it's going to vary how you cultivate your own flexible approach to life and your less rigid approach to life, it's going to vary based on what your rigidity is based in. By that, I mean, like, are you rigid because you thrive on structure and you don't like being surprised? I mean, I think that's a lot of people. I do think certain people prefer a more flowy, flexible approach to life, and others prefer a more structured, like, Virgo approach to organization and, like, expectation. But I do think for me that my rigidity, prior to now at least, it's been based in certain activities that I deem productive and therefore give me self-worth. So it was almost like a deep internal need of, like, I have to do this thing because if I don't do it, then I'm not worthy as a human. Like, I have to, like, use all the hours of nine to five to do these activities that society deems worthy because that's how I personally feel like a valuable human and member of society. These are all mental constructs that we can debate around, but... Because that is where they've my mindset has been focused and why I felt so rigid and felt so attacked if anything in my plan didn't go as I expected. I planned to have a new job by the end of this month and that didn't go as expected. It doesn't mean I'm not a valuable human in other ways. Just because I'm not a full-time employee somewhere doesn't mean that I'm not a valuable member of society, that I have less worth than someone else. None of that is true. So I think we just need to be aware of that mindset, why we feel so rigid in our thoughts, in our day-to-day routine, in whatever it is that we're believing. So that's a prerequisite. So first tip for how to cultivate flexibility, give yourself permission to live unstructured. So the first step is always giving yourself permission. I know a lot of us will have structures that we have to work within. If you are full-time employed, you have to work around your nine-to-five schedule, of course. But outside of that, it doesn't have to be so robotic and so 
okay, I finish work and I make dinner and I work out for 30 minutes and then I do this and then I watch Netflix and then I take a bath and then I brush my teeth. And like, it doesn't have to be, you know, there can be some room for flow within there. I've really adopted this approach to life from Jess Lively. She is the emblem of this lifestyle that she calls flow living. She flows wherever she wants. She has freedom. She's like, I'm in Portugal. Now I'm in Mexico. Now I'm in Australia. Like, she's just flowing with life. She's like, where does the universe want me to go? I, I love it. Like, I'm like, how do I live your life? Because it just seems so cool to be able to explore the world and just be wherever you want to be. And it, mainly it's just trusting your intuition and being led wherever is meant to provide the best experience for you kind of thing. So that's an extreme version, of course. We're not flowing to all these different countries, obviously. But, you know, open up. Where where does my intuition want me to eat dinner tonight? Maybe I'm going to order in from somewhere. Maybe I'm going to try out a new workout. Like, I just think we need to give ourselves some permission to change up the routine, to try new things. You know, I was just saying this. The novelty, okay? Bring in novel experiences. So that's tip number one. Tip number two, build trust that what is most important will always get done. So we have this anxiety that if we don't have our structure to-do list and like our most important tasks and all these things, like if we don't have it, in front of us, then it won't get done. But the important things always get done. Can you think of a time when the important thing slipped through the cracks? Probably no, because it's important and it's urgent and it always gets done because you know it needs to get done and you'll prioritize that. What really happens normally is that we stress about all the little things. We stress about the things that aren't that important and those take up our brain space and those are what make us think that we have to sit at our desk and type away and stress and just waste energy and time. The big things always get done and I think building that trust just will release so much pressure off of us. So that's that one. Tip number three is to play around with unstructured productivity. So in this vein, I would suggest testing out making to-do lists for a full week or even for a full month. I was listening to a Kelly Track podcast. Uh, We'll see if I can find which episode it was. I'll link her podcast in the show notes, but she mentioned the system of planning out her full month in advance so that she knew when she was doing certain things. And I think this is genius, especially for unstructured productivity, so that say you wanted to record this specific podcast. I'm giving my life example. What do normal people do? Say you wanted to go to this particular restaurant with a friend on this day of the month and it was really important for you because you wanted to talk to this friend about a specific goal that you had to do together, blah, blah, blah. Say you're going to do it on this day, on the third of the month, and for whatever reason you can't, that's fine. Then you know, oh, I have, I can do it another day of the month. It's fine. No big deal. I should give a productive example. For me, recording podcasts is (laughs) productive. Maybe you say you wanted to clean your room on this day and you want to make sure that you got rid of all of the clothes in your room by this day. If you don't do it on that day, then it's fine because you still have another day available. And it's not like the end of the world if you don't do it on that specific day. So I just think it's helpful to plan full months and you have some flexibility where things don't have to happen exactly as you thought they would, but they still get done. That's the main thing I'm trying to convey. Urgent things will be handled, as I said in the last tip. Uh, Tip number four, tune into your intuition. 
and see where you're being guided in the moment. So I, I said this in tip number one, but I wrote it again in a different phrasing. But yeah, I mean, maybe you're planning to work on one task, but you feel inspired to do another one. It's still product. It's still good to do whatever it is that you're being called to. It's not that one task is more important than another. Of course, if there's a deadline, then you'll work on the deadline task if it's due that day or due the next day. But I do think it's good to kind of feel out what feels good in this moment rather than always pushing yourself to do things when you don't feel connected to the task. I, I do feel like our energy fluctuates and our motivation fluctuates. And that leads me to the next tip. Tip number five, monitor your unique energy levels. So when do you feel energized and motivated to do certain things? This can depend on the time of day. It can depend on your environment. It can depend on what food you ate that day, whether you ate something nutritious or you ate something that really weighed you down and made you lethargic. I think it's helpful to build your day and your routine and your approach to different tasks around your specific energy instead of around the masculine approach of like just get it done do it in these eight hours like assuming that our energy replenishes every 24 hours which I was listening to a podcast and I believe it was Elisa Elisa Vitti who talks about hormone health and flow I think her app is called Flow. I have her book, Woman Code, which I need to read and I want to read. Maybe we can book, let me know if you want a book club, Woman Code. Um, But she talks about how women, our hormone cycle fluctuates over a 28-day cycle. And with our hormones, our energy levels fluctuate. So certain periods of our cycle, we have more energy. We want to do more activities. Other phases, we want to rest more and it's a better time to be creative and I just think it's so interesting to notice how our bodies are so different. And of course, modern medicine was built around men's bodies. So a little feminist tidbit there. I just think it's important for us to tune into our unique bodies. And that's my last tip. Tip number six, be gentle with yourself and catch your self-judgment. So your body is unique. And I think We've been trained to discount what our specific body needs and what feels good to us. We've been trained to trust others outside of ourselves. Other people know more about what's good for us than we do. That's all a lie. Don't believe any of that. Always tune into your body and what feels good for you. Maybe you need a break day on a day that you thought you were going to do all the tasks on your to-do list. Like, You need to take that break because that means your body is close to shutting down. So it's always important to be gentle with yourself and don't judge yourself for needing those break days. Don't judge yourself for needing a self-care day when you're like emotionally wrecked like I was and you just spent a whole day crying in bed and you couldn't be productive. Like those days come after long enough of undercover burnout basically brewing under the surface that you weren't paying attention to also it happens sometimes with external circumstances in my case but I do think if you just take those days say I'm human human people have feelings human people what what other people are there (laughs) Um, humans have feelings we're not robots like we need to just be gentle with ourselves and Notice the fluctuation of our energies, of our emotions, of the things that are going on inside of us because they're important. They're giving us wisdom. They have value. And with that, I leave you with the six tips, six sort of four tips for how to cultivate flexibility in your Q2, in your April, and... I'll reread them for you just as a little recap. Tip number one, give yourself permission to live an unstructured life. Number two, build trust that what's important will always get done. Number three, play around with unstructured productivity. Number four, tune into your intuition more and see where you're being guided. Number five, 
monitor your unique energy levels. And number six, be gentle with yourself and catch your self-judgment. So I hope those are helpful for you. Sorry, I cannot talk. I've been talking for a while. I didn't tell you guys, but I took a break in between recording this and I had a like a two hour call with a friend, which I deeply needed. I needed like connection today. So I'm glad I did that, but I also have dry mouth now. <laughs> and I've been talking for way too long. So with that, I leave you. I hope you have a great day. I hope this podcast episode helped you. If you enjoyed it, Please let me know and please share it with anyone who you think could benefit from this information. And I'll see you on Instagram. Happy episode 10. Um, go to at Ease and Grow Pod and let me know what your favorite episode has been so far. Oh, also, go to the suggestion box that's linked in our bio. I'd love to know what you want to hear from me, what episode topics you want like I I do this I want to connect I don't know if you guys have noticed (laughs) I want to connect with you I wish we could be talking live but this podcast will do for now and then I hope one day I could chat with you all face to face like in real life what is that I don't know maybe we can remember what that is together um yeah have a beautiful day and I'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ease and Grow. I truly hope you got something meaningful and valuable out of it. If you enjoyed this podcast and feel so inspired, then go ahead and leave a nice rating and review on whatever listening platform you're on. Another good deed for your day, share this episode with someone who needs to hear it. I truly love to connect, so reach out to me on Instagram at easeandgrowpod there you'll see we share fun and inspirational posts and some behind the scenes content as always i'm wishing you joy growth and wellness have a magical week and see you in the next one